You take an ancient dinosaur gut and some toxic waste. You get a monster who stomps around and tries to eat your face. You take some kaiju media, some assholes and a mic. You get a podcast that'll make you rethink your whole life. So come watch Godzilla with Podzilla, king of the casters with NBN Brandon and Jasper, who's a dog. When the new episode of Movie Fights drops... You said you would bear only honest trailers. <laughs> yes, but it made Spencer so happy. <laughs> and you thought of nothing of the... <laughs> of the... <laughs> Quiz had had her. <laughs> the thing that we would create the perfect channel. <laughs> in, your e- in your infinite ego, you sought to make it on your own, Jessica. <laughs> How could you have done this? <laughs> Our perfect Joss Hadarach <laughs> has already been made, and they go by the name Cinema Sins. <laughs> they have the power of all the films. So this is staying in, right? <laughs> I got. I'm gonna have to cut it. It's halfway in. Yeah. So <laughs> that's good energy, though. One. <laughs> <laughs> I'm you sorry. Can, you can do it, Nolan. <laughs> Welcome to Podzilla. <laughs> Welcome to Podzilla, King of the Casters. I'm your host, Henry Nightingale. And I'm the other host, Brandon. Producer Jasper just showed us a video. <laughs> this guy got us spinning. Remembering our cringe day, which we, we talk about the nostalgia critic a lot on this channel. Yeah. Who's kind of the symbol <laughs> Of the of the of like the media analysis we liked when we were in middle and high school that has aged the worst until we saw a certain video of a Mr. Jeremy Johns uh, pulling a Justin Trudeau. Yeah. And I think I vaguely remember watching that video when I was 10 and I was like, I wonder who he got to hire as that. (laughs) (laughs) There was a lot of psychic damage. And we're, but we're going to start this episode because Rodan was actually good. So we're going to talk about, but first, yep, I do have a, I do have a game for Brandon that I've been waiting for, for, for a day now. Okay. In which I have compiled... The five worst movie titles that I could find or think of. Okay. And I'm going to give them all to Brandon. These are not, like, obscure movies. These all have big stars in them. Okay. And the oldest one is from 2002. Okay, so I have been alive for all of these. Yes. Okay. All right. So, number five is one you've probably heard of before. Okay. Precious, colon... Based on the novel Push by Sapphire, which is a 2009 film starring Lenny Kravitz and Mariah Carey. I think I remember seeing about that movie. That's a long title. Like, that's the official title? Yeah, it's just so awkward. Precious. Based on the novel. Based on the novel Push. Is it? Okay. The formatting. Is it Precious colon? It is. Based on the novel Colon push? No, based on the novel, quotes push, end quote, by Sapphire. Oh my god, that, that's such a handful. Everyone's just gonna call it Precious. Yeah. They should've just, they should've just called it Precious. every time, because it was nominated for a lot of Oscars, every time. Oh my god, they said it every time? Yeah, every single time. Okay, it sounds like, you know when you're writing, uh, I think like in certain script softwares, it's like, you get the title. And then you have, like, your, like, subtitle underneath that you don't really actually use as a movie title. I think the guy just forgot to hit the enter as he sent it. (laughs) He was like, shit! (laughs) Uh Uh-oh! I'm sure this won't have consequences. So before this next one, I need to reiterate that, like, this is the only movie I've seen on the list. I like this movie. I just think the name is really stupid. Okay. Mank! The 2020 film starring Gary Oldman. Mank, baby. Yeah, remember Mank. remember 2020? The whole world had Mank mania. <laughs> we were just like, That's give what, us the Mank. 
That's what you called it. That's what you called it. The Manx CU. Oh no. <laughs> Everybody was going um, uh, <laughs> Mank. Oh god. It's like uh, it's like the nickname you give like a fucking Mankey in Pokemon when you were like yeah. six. You're like Mank. Alright, now here's where they get like truly horrendous. Okay. I'm ready. What's number three? So this is a Paris Hilton film. Great start. <laughs> the Haughty and the Naughty. <laughs> and that's not spelled naughty as in like I, misbehaved. Oh, oh, I've seen this movie title. I've seen the, <laughs> I haven't seen the movie, but I've seen the title. And I know it's the, the Haughty, H-O-T-T-I-E, and the Naughty, N-O-T-T-I-E. Yes. Because the Haughty and the Naughty, if it was like not like naughty, like that kind of naughty... That's just a porno film. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure if you look up the hottie and the naughty on Google right now, 50, 50 hub results or something. Yeah. But <laughs> I remember the movie poster. It's so, it's so bad. It's like, I think it was like Paris Hilton, like, ooh, like, like, and I'm then the like hottie. a really ugly girl. And then like, like a, like, but like movie ugly. No, so like actually ugly, but it's clearly a hot girl in like a bunch of makeup to put like warts on her. Yeah. Stuff. Like, like that, like, the naughty, like a... Looking like, like fucking Rolf from... <laughs> from Ed, Ed and Eddie. Exactly. Come like, with me, Ed boy. <laughs> come with me. It looks... She looks like that. And I remember what the movie is like... That's about it. But I, I'm guessing... <laughs> I'm guessing I know who's the hottie and who's the naughty. Yeah. I think it's like a prince and a pauper type situation where I feel like they get, like, their... Where they get like their their body swapped or something like I've never seen it. I haven't even looked up the I haven't even looked up the synopsis. But like I feel like it's got to be like like a prince and the pauper type thing, right? I don't know. But <coughs> get ready for Nat Cooper. David has never gotten over his first crush from elementary school. Christabel Paris Hilton now in his Paris Hilton now in his twenties. Nate meets Christabel on a Los Angeles beach. His love hasn't waned, and he vows to date her. Unfortunately, the beautiful Christabel will not date anyone unless her severely ugly friend, June, uh, Christine Lacken, has a date as well. But when June gets a complete makeover, Nate begins to realize he might actually be in love with her. So that's actually the Taming of the Shrew. Like the Shakespeare play, The Taming of the Shrew. That's pretty much the plot of The Taming of the Shrew. <laughs> this is a terrible poster. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, the poster's so fucking bad. It it looks like the faces are like stitched on top. It's quite peculiar. Okay, ready for like <laughs> this is where <laughs> the subtitle of the Hottie of the Naughty. Do you see it, Nolan? Do you see the this caption? She's, she's not. not. <laughs> oh, wait. So it's, oh, she's, she's hot. hot. She's, she's not. not. He's, He's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually our new slogan. <laughs> it doesn't matter that it doesn't make sense because we're two men and no one else on this podcast. Our new slogan is, she's, she's hot. hot. She's, she's not. not. He's, He's nuts. <laughs> All right. So, what's so, number two? A 2002 film starring Sandra Bullock and James Garner. Okay. Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood. What? <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. Wait, like, how do you spell that? Divine okay, I, Secrets. Th of the I know those words. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need yeah, the other yeah. ones. How do you spell Y A yeah. hyphen Y A. And they're all honkies? Yes. Is, is and they've like, got some divine secret. Are their names, is their family name Yaya? Or is the divine, what are their divine secrets? Divinity of the Yaya. The ya Divine Secrets of the Ya-Ya Sisterhood. <clears throat> so, 
Sedalia Walker is a famous New York playwright. One of her new plays is about to open, and she does an interview with Time Magazine and discusses her unhappy childhood. When her mother reads the interview, she is furious and cuts off all contact with Sedali. Her mother's friends, who formed a secret society, the Yaya Sisterhood when they were children, kidnap Sedali from her apartment. Yaya's oh, a wow. cult. Yaya's oh, a cult, uh, Nolan. <laughs> I was so I was checking Brand's phone because I want to see like if he was just mispronouncing a common name but no it does say Sidali <laughs> Sidali it's like Sidali yeah. divine secret so it's basically a cult mm-hmm. named the Yaya Sisterhood oh. kidnapped the daughter who has escaped the clutches of the cult alright it's got a pretty flower it, uh, I, it looks exactly like a DVD my mom would have watched and I would have seen like Flipping through the pages, of, you know those like old thick like DVD books, <laughs> yeah, where you'd put all of them instead of the cases. Yeah, I would have seen it in there somewhere. <laughs> My mom would have watched it once, and then and then it's there forever. Okay, now ready for the one that inspired this. Okay, the one that brought this all to fruition. Yeah, because it's one I'm just. There are layers, and whenever I think about this title, I fucking laugh. Okay. So it's a 2018 film starring Paul Rudd and Paul Giamatti. Okay. The Catcher was a spy. (laughs) The Catcher (laughs) was a spy. And it's... That's a line of dialogue! (laughs) So, here's the thing... (laughs) The thing that, which is why it drove out, drove me crazy. <laughs> I've been like thinking about over and over again. It's okay. clearly trying to be a play on the title "The Catcher in the Rye." Yes, but why? <laughs> wait, why? So the wait. So it's the catcher is the spy. The catcher was a spy. The catcher was a spy. Catcher in the yeah. I mean, if they wanted to real okay, that's not even clever. Try to do on the catcher in the rye. If it was, it could just be catcher. You know, the catcher, catcher in the spot was a spot. The like, like, and I just us talking about it right now. Yeah, I feel like it's every movie producer that this movie was pitched to, <laughs> going over the title and being like. Catcher was a spy. The catcher was, was a, a spy. spy. There's layers to this. It's an There's onion layer. of bad. <laughs> it's a layer. What if like at the innermost, like it's a raw and onion right now, but we peel through those layers and there is a delicious Vidalia bulb in the center of it. So who is the catcher? Who is the spy? So I think... And so, I, are they the same person? So Paul Rudd, I believe, is the catcher and the spy. Because the catcher was a spy. Yeah. It's, who I is think the it's catcher? A, what it's is a the true catcher? story of, I think, about like a... Like a baseball player who who did espionage. So like okay, the catcher was, was the a spy. The catcher was, was a the, spy. Was a spy. <laughs> the catcher. <laughs> catcher was, was a spy. spy. <laughs> I feel like if you ask like like our parents like summarize this movie for me oh the catcher was a spy <laughs> yeah it's like it's when your it's dad's kind of drunk and trying to <laughs> trying to tell his friends to watch a movie that you only like half like anyways <laughs> but he's like yeah the movie it's uh, Paul Rudd's like a catcher and the catcher was a spy the catcher was a yeah. spy <laughs> the catcher was a spy. Like, it's only, like, tangentially connected to sounding like Catcher in the Rye. But it's... Because in the and was a sounds very different. But it's clearly trying to be a play on that for no reason whatsoever. It's not even connected. It's one of the worst titles I've ever heard. It is. The Catcher was the spot. And, like, like, I love awkward sound, kind of awkward sounding film titles. Like, uh, my favorite movie title, not my favorite movie, it's a good movie, but my favorite movie title is 
the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford, which is a very commonly cited bad movie title, but I love that movie title. That interests me. It's like, yeah. oh, okay, so we know you you know going in like what is going to happen, so you're wondering how that happens and like how yeah. things fall into place. So meanwhile, something like the catcher, the catcher was a spy, spy. which it's I just, guess that also. You know what's going to happen, so you're wondering how it's going to happen. The whole movie, he's just a normal baseball player, then he goes, I'm in. (laughs) Moscow. I'm in the White House. (laughs) No, he he still has... Well, that's what this movie is. Like, what if that's what the movie... Like, you don't... The whole time, he's just like a normal catcher, and he's just being Paul Rudd, and he's like, yeah... And then he take they take it all the way to the World Series Woo. and they win and they get invited to the White House and and, and right after that and he shakes the president's hand and as he's he walking sh- away I got it, I got it. he shakes the president's hand still wearing his his catcher mitt <laughs> and the president's hand touches the catcher mitt and they shake hands and Paul Rudd walks off stage <laughs> looks the catcher mitt like a like a phone we got it. Hello, Moscow. The bug has been planted. We have him now. <laughs> it's the first time you hear him speak the entire movie. <laughs> we will now be, we will now be able to make it look like the president did a Watergate. <laughs> and you may be asking, this is FDR. How could what is a water cage? But <laughs> it's coming up soon. We have a seed, Mister Khrushchev. We have a seed. All right, but so so that or some bad movie titles. So we have now been talking for sixteen now, minutes. <laughs> so now it's time to bring up a good movie title, Rodan. Rodan. A good simple simple title, Rodan, nineteen fifty six. Rodan's introduction movie. So let's start with... They should have called this the Brothers Rodan. <laughs> or Rodan's. <laughs> That'd be the sequel. Rodan and Rodan's. It'll be like... Have you ever heard that story about James Cameron pitching aliens? <laughs> I, so he walks into the movie studio and he writes the title Alien on a, a whiteboard. This is what you got. Yeah. This is what I'm going to give you. And he puts an S at the end. <laughs> And this is what it will translate to. And he puts the dollar sign lines in the S. <laughs> I mean, he was right. He was very right. Damn. I mean, short pitch. Good pitch. Yep. So, Rodan. So, let's talk about what are overall thoughts about Rodan so far. So, I... Or, in this point. So, I'll start with... This was a, this was a good time. I, I think it was very interesting, especially at the beginning... Yeah. It was a really weird, it was interesting, it was like kind of slow burn, where you're like, wait, what's going on in this like mining company? Like, what's going on with the miners down there? Like, Rodan isn't, you know, Rodan's big, he can't really do that with what's going on. Yeah. Like, oh, that's interesting. And it did, I don't think it tie, when it went into like Rodan actually being revealed, the, I think. It, yeah, the tie-in between the first half and the second half was Pretty weak. Yeah. I really liked both halves. Hmm. And I get what the tie is supposed to be. And we can talk about that when we get to the story. Hmm. But it is... Does the first and second half do feel very disconnected from each other? It's, and it's like I, Rodan, he was psychic. He couldn't get his own movie. He had to have two, two yeah, side movies. I really like this one. I, I mean, we got the star scream of the of the Tohoverse <laughs> in his own movie, but he couldn't even carry it himself, so we had to have another star scream, which was another Rodan. And we'll yeah. Get into that. <laughs> yeah, that's just <laughs> but yeah. So we'll fairly good. But yeah, point. we had two distinct monster designs, and what did those monsters do? It's been a wait. No, how long has it been since we've done a what that monster do? It's been a bit because Attack on Titan, like, oh, we did it with. We just recorded season four, part one, folks, and I did it for the Warhammer Titan because that's oh. a new guy. Yeah, you did. But I'll I'll do it for what that monster do. But it's been a while since it's new kaiju stuff. 
Yeah. So I'm going to bring up what you see in Rodan. So I'll start with what's not Rodan. Because Rodan looks a little different in this movie. So the big, there's these big beetle kaiju little creatures. But they're not even kaijus. They're more like the size of like a person. They're okja size. Yeah, they're like okja size. Which does on this podcast make them kaiju. I would guess so, yeah. Considering they're supposed to be like baby bug things. They especially. are lo- they are dragonfly larvae. Yeah, so they're called... we never get to see them go full dragonfly. Right? No, I was kind of expecting that. Like, yeah. they're called uh, Mega... Meganolan. Meganolan? Like, Meganolan. Okay. Like, like, Mega Nolan. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> that's, that's the, that's the Podzilla endgame. <laughs> Mega Nolan. So the, the Mega Nulon, or Nulon maybe? Mega, so the, oh, it's called the Nulon. So the Nulon are like dragonfly little larva guys. And they kind of remind me a bit of Mothra's caterpillar form. Like the larvae stage. Like, the only difference is they can actually fight when they're babies. Like, like Mothra in the larva form is just like a big old slug. And like, she can she can hit you, she can ram into you, but she can't like, she doesn't have like claws or anything. The Nulans do. Like, we see in the start of the movie, they're like cutting people up <laughs> pretty yeah. violently. Yeah. Like, these things have sharp claws and like sharp things on their, their little insect legs and they can like smack you and attack you and... They're yeah, pretty they violent little guys. you better than a katana, or as a, the film said, as the English translation says, <laughs> a Japanese sword. <laughs> so the Meganulans, so they're little like brown, gray looking bug guys. So they're a pretty big part of the movie, but they're pretty much gone by the second act, <laughs> the second part. Yeah. So they're, they're there, they're like the main enemy for the first half of the movie. And the other guy is, of course, Rodan. And... Rodan looks, uh, Rodan's flying form looks good, but a little weird. (laughs) Like, I do think that kind of kept up the trend where I think up until fairly, up until like the high eye area of the MonsterVerse, they would just have a whole new puppet for when he was in flying mode. Yeah. Which made sense because you know how limiting that is. But like, you can really clearly tell like, oh, flying puppet. (laughs) Because yeah. he changes a lot and he's like more like a rigid little disc flying around. But the suit looks really good though. Yeah. It's a good looking little monster suit. You can see like his rib cage, I think. Yeah, you can see his ribs. You can well, see you like his You get two different wings. suits because like you get the freshly hatched and then you get the, like the, adult, uh, the one. adult one. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so yeah, we see two things of Rodan. We see little hatchling Rodan, which is like kind of reddy, like reddish and like gooey. And baby Rodan has to eat the little, uh, the Newlands that are running around to suck them up and get enough, like, energy and, like, protein from that to become a full adult and, like, fly out of the cavern and stuff. So we see that happen, and Rodan has powers of, he flaps his wings and it blows off buildings and stuff. He can also blow air out of his mouth. Yeah, it's the only film that's ever happened then, is the first one, is where he has, like, a sonic blast from his mouth of, like, wind. It's because they had to nerf Rodan for his true <laughs> Darkscream-ification. <laughs> exactly. They were like, he's too powerful, we need to nerf him. So that's what happens there. But Rodan's a fun, a fun old monster in this movie. Yeah. He's like, I think it says in the, he's like 250 feet to 300 feet. Yeah. Wingspan, like thousands of pounds, 100 tons. He's literally so horrifying that he... That he causes our protagonist to get amnesia for a large chunk of the movie after witnessing him. Like he's a Lovecraftian beast. Yeah. So he has amnesia for a good part of it because he sees the baby Rodan pop up. It's like, it's like, oh shit. Oh no. Oh boy. Horror is beyond man's comprehension. Kramer, what have you got in there? (laughs) It's horrors behind your comprehension, Jerry. (laughs) <laughs> forbidden knowledge <laughs> so that yeah. happens so that's Rodan so that's about it for the monsters you see in the movie tell me about the Nakajima stuff you were talking about during the movie oh poor Nakajima so we can start getting into some trivia stuff here it's also directed by sure, Hondo. Hondo same guy as the original Godzilla yeah so you get to see you get to feel some parallels from that and I think 
It's a better movie. Hot take. We'll get into that. Yeah. So, <laughs> I feel really bad for for the uh, Nakajima here. Yeah. So that's Ro- the suit actor. For yes. This so who was in Rodan in the movie was Nakajima. He was a well-known suitmation actor during these films. So Rodan. God, I feel so fucking bad for him. So Rodan's knee joints in the movie, like the suit, were constructed to accurately reflect how real birds' knees work. Which are backwards. They are backwards. Oh, no. So, which was, it says, which was another inconvenience Nakajima had to go through. I don't even know how you would do that. So they put him in the suit backwards, maybe? They might have had to. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, that's insane. Yeah. (laughs) Like, because... Folks, like, you know, like, your knees are on the, you know, front of your I think they know how knees work. I know, but what I'm trying to think about is, like, (laughs) I don't know how they would accomplish that. Like, because you can bend it just fine, this going this way. But, like, you know, birds, like, their knees go backwards when they bend. So, I feel especially bad for him, too, because I don't think there's a single shot where you even see his feet. Yeah. (laughs) Imagine going through all that shit and it's not even in the movie. <laughs> that poor dude. Oh my god. So there's also things for, for poor Nakajima. Uh, but this time it was better because it was more tailored to the measurements of him. Uh-huh. But it still weighed 150 pounds. Yeah. Which is like about how much he weighed. <laughs> That's a lot. And on top of that, like, since Rodan's wings would have been like too taxing on the arm, like for him to lift it up all the time. There was, like, bamboo rods that had to be, like, bent with a charcoal fire for the wings. And they were, like, inserted between the shoulders and the wing for support. So we didn't have to hold them up as much. But, like, while the wings were supported by, like, piano wires, which we see. (laughs) We see them a few times. Like, the movements were by Nakajima. But, like, he had to have a lot of support. Because, you know, his hands were above his head for, like, most of the movie. Yeah. So, oh my goodness. So that would have been rough. And then the, the suits for the the new lawns, apparently they were approximately like 15 feet long and three people were in them. Yeah. Which that was a little... Sense. Yeah, I guess it's a little bigger than I thought. But they're like, there's three of them in there and they're like doing their bug stuff as they walk around. So that's a fun one. Okay. But uh, yeah, I think that's... Yeah, that's it for now for, for trivia stuff about, like, specifically the suit stuff. And then after we get into the film summary, we can go more into more general trivia things. All right. Yeah, so, uh, we'll, yeah, uh, we'll go on our commercial break real quick, and yep. then we'll be back to uh, talk about the film summary. Oh, yeah. In honor of Rodan, this commercial will be a Starscream commercial. <laughs> Are there Starscream commercials? There has to be. Like, play with your new Starscream Decepticon toy. Pew, pew. Transformers Cybertron. Beware, Autobots. Starscream is here. From giant jet to rampaging robot, he's got the key, the weapons, and the power to take down any Transformer. Starscream Transformers Cybertron. Okay, what would Rodan and Starscream meeting each other sound like? Which one do you want to be? I'll be Rodan. <laughs> At last, I've defeated Megatron! <laughs> By putting a little bit of poop in his pie. I served uh-huh. him the pie. Good. Because I am Starscream. Mm-hmm. And you, my winged, winged mercenary of a friend, what have you done? I'm just like vibing, dude. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! Yes! <laughs> Yes! <laughs> um, like, imagine if Rodan's voice was just completely different. Just, yeah, I don't know, dude. I'm just kind of hanging out. We've assumed this kind of... <laughs> like, we were doing it all throughout the movie. Our fucking Rodan impression. Which is crazy, because it's not even... Like, he doesn't speak. So what's our impression of it? His, his voice is just, You know, I might destroy a building. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> You know, I'm just... I gotta do this. I'm sorry. I appreciate you constructing these buildings, but unfortunately, I'm a big monster and I gotta tear it down. I'm sorry, guys. It's it's to fight the unemployment that 
construction workers face during times of <laughs> times of infrastructure stagnation. <laughs> but, but also, it's kind of fun. <laughs> it's kind of fun. <laughs> I will admit that part, like you know, on the surface level, PR wise, I am doing it for those reasons. But in actuality, I just see that to justify my actions of just wanting to destroy things. So thank you for thank you for you know doing this. That is also why I jumped on the uh, the cancel Lindsay Ellis bandwagon. <laughs> no. <laughs> Damn it. And we're back. <laughs> we watched it again. <laughs> With context this time. We didn't just watch the clips. With context? Actually, not bad. <laughs> With, no, very tasteful. <laughs> uh, that's a joke, because it might actually be even worse in context. It's it's not even in a video about Blade. <laughs> it's a Twilight Eclipse review that he does. He pretends to be Blade and does blackface. While also uh, comparing... Uh, Twilight's marketing to the Holocaust. <laughs> this movie's so bad. I want to be. I, this movie's so bad. I got to showcase it in blackface. He literally. And folks. Uh, that moment when movie's if so bad. You, you just skip the next 30 seconds if you don't want to hear Holocaust <laughs> stuff. He literally says. It's kind of. The marketing for this movie is kind of like. How they called gas chambers showers. Jerome Johns saw the Twilight film and in his infinite wisdom as a film critic sat back reclining in his gamer chair and went, hmm, kind of like the Holocaust there. By God, I've done it. <laughs> By God. But I'm gonna call me the next Ebert. But damn, wait. There's something I'm missing. If only I could play as another character to showcase how I feel about Twilight versus how I feel about another franchise. By God, I should even I should even dress up as them. Like I'd like to reiterate right now. Douglas Walker has never done blackface. Or compared a movie to the Holocaust. That's gonna age poorly. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna find out he did. Well, one second, let me look. <laughs> Doug, Doug Walker reacts. Nostalgia critic reacts to the Holocaust. They killed. Six million Jews? They had the balls! Okay, <laughs> yeah, I didn't find... I didn't find the, the critic in blackface, but I did find some weird ones. It's supposed to be like, oh, he got blown up. Yeah, okay, yeah. But then there's this one. Someone on DeviantArt made Nostalgia Panther. <laughs> <laughs> what you don't like uh f my furry oc being doug walker fuck <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> all right rodan yeah so i like colleague like most of that yeah but um yeah so rodan so let's talk about the plot of rodan now okay yeah so the plot of rodan is uh, so it starts in a mining town. Mm. Uh, a lot of focus on the mining town, too. Yeah, that's the first ha entire half of the movie. Mm. It's just the mining town and those characters. Uh, but then miners start going missing. So, yeah. So first what happens is that they, uh, they find out, like, one of the mines floods. And... They go and check on it, and they find a dead body in there. It shouldn't flood, because, like, they, to their knowledge, there's no water anywhere around. But they find a dead body in there, and then another miner goes missing, and in the search for him, 
four the four miners looking for this missing miner we watch just get fucking jaws styled pulled under the water with like cutting sounds happening and then their bodies are all dragged up and cut up and mutilated and all that oh yeah it's fucked our main miner he's just a dude there doesn't like have any special insider position uh he he i think i remember the first thing he does is he he consoles consoles like the, the wife the, or girlfriend the sister of the first dead miner is um, it sister yeah she's the sister yeah and then it happens again more miners go missing this time we we follow them for a bit yeah. and it's like they start getting like attacked yeah and, like, that's why the water. Was, yeah that's what i was yeah. just saying but yeah so okay. the sister so he and this and his love interest there they are having a romantic rendezvous at his house mm. when a giant fucking maggot just barges oh. through and tries to attack them. Right before that, we get the most important character since Daz of Attack on Titan, Goro. <laughs> so, so no, that's the one. That's the missing one. I already mentioned him. Okay, so the name. Yeah. His name is Goro. Yeah. So. And they're like, Goro couldn't I mean, have done Gor- this. Goro's name doesn't really matter because Goro's just stays missing he's dead uh, I know that that's what I'm gonna yeah, bring Goro, up Goro is kind of I think he's supposed to be like a red herring where like at first you as an audience member who do not know about the Toho Kaiju films or that or see the name a, of this movie or, or the toaster that like oh it must be Goro down there killing people with a Japanese but, sword yeah, but then we find out that Goro did not, and it's this monster, and they find Goro's body later. Uh, mm-hmm. But so they keep like running after the monster, just shooting the shit out of it. Now that it's above ground, uh, it keeps killing them off. The guns aren't really doing much. Mm-hmm. Then the uh, maggot, they chase it back down to the mine, and our main character, he. So the main anyway, guy. So, Let's not care about names. Uh, names don't matter. Uh, so they. So anyways, he the main guy uh, Ishi. Uh, he does the uh, he like rides a mar mining cart of coal into it to kill it, collapsing the place on him and itself. Yep. He's later found with amnesia, and a big earthquake has happened. Yeah. Like, it's like, you get a cool, like, visual effect shot of, like, what no one described as moon sand of, like, a mountain, like, caving in on itself. Yeah. And so, from there, we go, so from there, we go to the military base, because we get the, we get the first Rodan kill before we get, before we get the flashback to Rodan's birth, right? So, yeah. yeah. So, so we go to this military base nearby, and they're doing, like, a... They're doing a maneuvers, uh, the jets, when a hostile enemy plane, quote-unquote, appears, and they try and shoot it down to no avail. It then, it's Rodan, and it then uh, kills the pilot Hmm. by just flying into him, crushing the plane, and like, it smash cuts to like, they've retrieved his gear, and it's just covered in fucking blood. Like, Rodan, with his claws, basically, like, ripped him out of the, the plane, looks like. Yeah. Uh, so, then, after that, after that, we see Ishii uh, watches in a baby bird's egg uh, uh, hatch, and he has a flashback and remembers what had happened, which was that, uh, which was that he watched... So these maggots that had been the scourge of the first half of the movie, the he, food. he wakes up in just a hive of them. Mm. And it's like, oh, fuck. But then a giant egg hatches and baby Rodan eats them. And the baby, not full-size Rodan, they look like gummy worms compared to him. Like he's yum, eating yum. gummy worms. Like little guys. It's like, yeah. that's a big, that's a big baby right there. Yeah. So... So, yeah, so then we get, this is where the 
it stops really having a plot. Uh, yeah. So we're now in. I think now it's the just, second half is when you see start seeing the baby and the egg. The second, yeah, and then from there on is literally just a montage of Rodan destruction with a twist. So it's woo. It's like we gotta stop Rodan. They shoot it with like guns, and those don't work. Then they're like, wait a second. Is that a second Rodan and the Rodan brothers? Because <laughs> yeah. we noticed, uh, and we didn't think think any other time. There's two eggs in the in the cave. Yeah. Now there's two Rodans that look pretty much exactly the same. Yeah. And they're like brother. And so they just keep fucking shooting Rodan until uh, the Rodans till they like, and to no avail until they like take refuge in like a volcano. A- yeah. And then they shoot, shoot the, the volcano, volcano and blow it until up. it erupts. Yes. Which is how science works. Exactly. They just needed to start the eruption with a big old bomb. So they kaboom it. The volcano starts erupting. Really cool, like, lava effects going on there. Like, really shiny. You know, it was the 50s. Probably was like lead or something. Yeah. But it looks nice. But lots of lava and... The ending is really sad. Because, so the Rodans escape the volcano before it erupts and, like, melts them. But then, one of them is injured and ends up kind of, like, falling and settling down in the lava and, like, just catching fire. And the second Rodan turns around to try and save him and keeps trying to pick him up, but he's dead and limp. And then he catches fire. And we just... It's a really long sequence of everyone just watching as he burns. As he was trying, like, trying to, to get his brother. his brother. Yeah. And I'm so, like, holy yeah. shit. And that's the last shot of the movie. Yeah, it was fucking... It was sad. Uh, but yeah, that's the plot of Rodan. Yeah, so it's a pretty it's a pretty straightforward plot. It's a pretty short movie. It's like an hour 25. So we've now seen... The th- the origin stories for all three of the King of the Monsters, other monsters. So we got Godzilla, Ghidorah, Mothra, Mothra, Rodan. Rodan. Those are all the King of the Monsters monsters. Yeah, in terms of like their own main yeah. movies, those are yeah. the big ones. Yeah, we have now. Which origin movie? Let's. Fr- we got time. This has right. been a short episode because it's really not a plot-heavy movie. Uh, let's mm. worst to best for the for the original Godzilla, original Mothra, original Ghidorah. Yeah, the original Ghidorah movie was what Invasion of the Astro Monster. Or is that the second yeah, one? That's the second one. Okay, so it's this Ghidorah. is just Ghidorah the three-headed monster. Okay, yeah. So okay, um, okay, starting at the bottom. Yeah, I guess we can go. Like yeah, we'll we'll give four, we'll give our three. fours, threes, then yeah. Okay, number four for me, it's it's got to be Ghidorah the Three Hundred Monster. That's my answer as well. Okay, so we could just discuss yeah. that for a minute. But like, yeah. it is the most boring I think of the any ones we've yeah, seen. Yeah, it is really, really fucking boring. And, and that's sad because Ghidorah is a great monster. <laughs> like, we are so pumped to eventually when we finish the anime trilogy seeing Ghidorah. Yeah, like. I'm very excited for. When are we? Fin- well, we are. We're doing scheduling this afternoon, so we'll yeah. figure that out. But I do want to watch the third yeah. part of the anime in French. In again. French. Remember, folks, you've seen that episode. The French dub of the Godzilla anime trilogy is better than the original and the English dub. It's far more engaging. The actors. It is. So uh, we got ourselves. So number four is Ghidorah, three headed monster. Yeah. Um. Okay. So then the three remaining are. Mothra, Rodan, Godzilla. Okay. Yeah. Number three is going to be Mothra for me. Oh, fuck. We're going to just... We're going to match up, aren't we? <laughs> Mothra, Mothra is very fun, very engaging. I do not feel good putting it higher on the list given the... The racial stuff? Yeah. The very... The fact that they cast Jeremy Johns in that movie... <laughs> As many roles was just very awkward, and he just came in with the bl- with the blade makeup every time. <laughs> yeah, and he was just like, and they were just like, uh, 
It was a shame. Jeremy, how do you plan to, to do your own makeup for these movies? Well, if you don't have any, if you can't do homemade, store-bought's just fine. No. <laughs> Takes out the shoe polish. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. So, so yeah, number three for V is Mothra. Because Mothra is a significantly better movie than, than Ghidorah. But I, I said, I don't want to bring it higher because of the racial stuff. If yeah, that, I think, honestly, if, gone, if it were not for the racial stuff, I think Mothra would probably win for these movies. Mothra was very good. Mothra yeah. is very good, very engaging, very interesting with what's actually trying to say, uh, and good monster action, which is very important for these movies. I, uh, I just wish they came up with a cut that just cut out all the really racial stuff. If they'd, like, remade so they could go back to, like, the, you know, how they... in. After that movie, they kind of retcon the Mothra tribe to be more of a like like a like a to be like a, a an Indonesia Philippines yeah. kind of thing. So it's no so no one none of the actors are doing fucking blackface. Yeah, but yeah. So but it's the in that first home. movie, they are unambiguously supposed to be a tribe of black people where it's all Japanese people and one white guy playing these characters. Yeah, it's, so it's really unsettling. It's, so that's why it's number three. Yeah. But it is, other than that, a good time, but those those are really unsettling yeah. parts. Um, Number two for me? This made me want to disagree. Number two is going to be Rodan. And my number two is Godzilla 54. Okay, all right. So I'm going to say, so I just saw Rodan. Rodan is my number two because Rodan is – I really enjoyed the f- – sometimes for movies for me, if they get me in the first third, I'll just keep going for the rest of it. Mm-hmm. The, I think the first third of this movie is probably one of my favorite parts Yeah, because it's interesting to see like the slow burn of things because you don't see that often in a kaiju movie. Yeah, it's kind of like what's going on here? I thought the Goro guy was going to be more of a significant thing. That didn't really think out but – I do entire. I do really wish they kept things – Tied to the mining town characters. Yeah. Throughout. That was my favorite part was when it was like deadly. Like, oh, wait, this is the mining town. This is what's going on. It lost me a and bit. And also, it would have made more sense if the miners came up with a plan to like detonate the volcano. Yeah. Versus just the military <laughs> shooting it. Pow, pow, blow it up. But yeah, so like Rodan would have been a better movie if it just attacked the mining town. Because on top of that, there was like the shot of like, oh, it's Indonesia and Japan and Okinawa and all the other countries like, Rodan's attacking. You don't need that. It's like one shot. Yeah. And like, it, that brings the film down a little bit for me. But yeah, I mean, I, I still had a good time. Like, I think the end shot for me does like half the work. Yeah. Like, that's such a, like, I didn't expect them to be that brutal. Yeah, I think the end shot's great, and I think it's very important because I think that's where these movies change. Because mm. that's where you really... Because this came out before Mothra, I believe. I, Mothra's 60, I think. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, Pre-Mothra. So this is the introduction of Pathos into... Mm. The end of these monsters. Because before... The original Godzilla... Godzilla is unambiguously a bad guy. Yeah. He, like... I remember we watched him melt a mother and her child as they cried. (laughs) And we just, in shock, sat there saying... Go, 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 <laughs> Godzilla! Yeah, like, it's brutal. So, you and think in this Rodan, one... Yeah, Rodan? I mean, Rodan kills people. <laughs> but, like, it's not as focused on... And... He, and the Rodans are given such a death that's supposed to feel tragic. Yeah. Whereas... Godzilla's death is not supposed to feel tragic, really, in the original Godzilla. Yeah, I guess. Now we now we know that your number two is Godzilla, my number one is Godzilla. Yeah, so talk so about Godzilla bits. You talk about I've Godzilla. About Godzilla. So, yeah. Godzilla is just a classic. Like, I understand that maybe some films afterwards have done certain things better and stuff, but like it was pretty much like the first one <laughs> that did yeah. any of that stuff. And I think what really brings Godzilla number one to me is Godzilla's the only monster out of the, any pretty much any of the kaiju movies we've seen. Godzilla's fucking scary in that movie. 
is like, very scary. Yeah. How you know the low fineness of like the black and white and how he's always in darkness and stuff. He's really freaky. Like, and I think that kind of like a visceral reaction. I because I I asked you, I was like, maybe Rodan may have a bit of that in this movie because you know it's like older school stuff. Really. Not really. He isn't like that spooky. But do you want your monsters spooky, or do you want them to be little stinkers? <laughs> Because, listen here, Rodan is a grade A little stinker. And he is. But in the introduction, like, for the first monster out of any of these, Godzilla was the perfect pick for the first guy. Like, it's from Radiation Burns. I, I always will remember that shot of, it's like the pleasure cruise, and you see Godzilla come out of, like, the the, the color choice, like, however they did the, the contrast for the... What's really spooky is the ocean in that movie, like, the water is always, like, inky black. Mm-hmm. So seeing him, like, emerge out of that, people going, oh, and, like, his scream, his roar is just bone-chilling. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Like, even, like, 70 years later, it's like, oh, that is unsettling. <laughs> it's like, like, oh, Josh, geez. So he's my number one because I don't, it's not my favorite plot in the movies or anything, but in terms of these classic ones, like, I do think Godzilla wins above because, like, those scenes of, like, just how viscerally Godzilla is as, like, a monster. And the the, the dynamic of him and the scientists of trying to kill Godzilla, like, that was interesting good stuff to me. Yeah. So, I think think we've seen better kaiju movies than the original Godzilla, but out of the origins, that was the best one for me. Okay, yeah, I... Okay, yeah. So why? So you can, I guess you can do a little bit about why Rodan is your number one. I mean, I said because of the the path, the pathos. The pathos. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. So different kind of endings for them, but I do agree that you know Rodan trying to save his his melting brother and dying himself yeah. is a pretty nuts ending, and I'm still shocked how. Absolute Godzilla's death is in the first movie. Yeah, <laughs> like it's his bones. Like yeah. poof, the bones. Like my goodness, but yeah. So that's overall. That's how we're thinking about these movies. So yeah, I guess we're done with our origin things now. Well, uh, we still have some. Uh, we still have some Toho left, but I don't think of the Toho. Uh, I mean, not to- Showa left. Showa. We still have some Showa left, but. Yeah. Of the Showas, I don't believe we have any major kaiju that are go- that we have not seen yet that are going to be yeah. revealed to us. I think they're all, like, because the big ones we have left are all... Like Mechagodzilla, like Terror, Terror of Mechagodzilla, Mechagodzilla, Invasion of Astro Monster, which is the best title of any of yeah. these. Um, Invasion of Astro Monster. And the Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood. Exactly, the divine thing is the Yaya Sisterhood. <laughs> make it gritty, the Yaya Sisterhood and the Monster I was going to pitch a make it gritty for the catcher was a spy. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, there's not really a make it gritty we can do because Rodan's already in the movies and what, yeah. are we gonna, we're not going to pitch fucking maggots. <laughs> Ooh, they're maggots yeah. and they're scary. So instead, um, I want to bring up some fun trivia for Rodan to close off this episode today. So there's a lot of fun stuff for Rodan. Yeah. So I can start with, because these are less suit related. So get this. Rodan's, because Nolan, you picked up on this. Yeah. Rodan's original Japanese name was Radon, which is actually short for the the Japanese word for Pteranodon. So they switched it for the American release from Radon to Rodan because Radon was a cleaning brand in America. <laughs> yeah. So they the reason Rodan is now is now called Rodan is because they changed it because he, the name was the same. Is he so in all of the Japanese films is he Radon then? Or did they switch it to Rodan with the, uh, with his, uh, cause I'm not switching to calling him Rodan. No. I'm sorry. It's not happening. It's too late. Yeah. yeah I think now the Japanese is a contraction of Pterodon. Okay. 
So I guess in Japan he may be called Radon still. Okay. For the Japanese pronunciation, but we're calling him Rodan because yeah. you know we like the clean company Radon very much. Uh, thank you for the sponsorship. That... Yeah, yeah, guys, get back to us with the the money and the the first time you contact us. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um. <laughs> This is also the first Toho, the Toho uh, monster film to be shot in color. First Ooh, one. Nice. And it made sense because this was a very expensive production, so they went all out with it. Yeah. So, like, we're going to make it color. We're going to have all this good setup stuff. So that happened. And then, or one more thing. Uh, in, our, in our new mini segment here of poor Nakajima. <laughs> oh, God. The cable supporting Rodan over the Sasebo Bridge snapped. Causing suit actor Haro Nakajima to fall 25 feet into the water. That's the, fun. The incident is left in the movie. As oh the, my god, that's, <laughs> the, that's the dive into the water? I think so, yeah. The incident is left in the movie as the scene where Rodan dives into the water near the bridge and submerges. The cables are reattached for the scene where Rodan lifts off out of the water, but they almost broke again because the suit became waterlogged and doubled in weight. Oh my God. That makes sense now because I'm like, that's a weird moment for like the Rodan yeah. to fall and they're like, oh, now we should get after him. It literally snapped and he fell in. Yeah. That poor, poor, this poor guy. Yeah. Oh my God. So, um. Okay, so. Oh, also, this is George Takai's first professional acting job. I thought that voice was... Voice-wise. Oh, voice-wise? Yeah. Oh, who was he? He was, uh... I don't think it says. Was he a minor? I think he was just, like, a small character in the voice. Like, it says, and all... This is his first professional acting job, and all dialogue voices were provided by himself, Key Luke, another man, Paul Freese, and one woman. Because he was also an extra... Well, a non-speaking role in Godzilla Raids again. Yeah, he was. So I can't wait to... Wait till episode 50, folks, where we watch <laughs> Destroy All Monsters. That's the big That's the big thing, folks. And then... We're gonna have fun, because I would like us to then pick our favorite Showa film. Okay. Yeah. Look forward to that, folks. That's gonna be interesting. Yeah. So the episode 50, what we're building up to is destroy all monsters. Yeah. And all monsters attack will just come later because we know that's pretty much all footage from destroy all monsters. Yeah, it's all reused archive footage from several Showa films just mixed and matched together. Yeah. So, like, so yeah. we don't want to cover that before we do destroy all monsters. Just because it'd be like, that's kind of a spoiler for the other film. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be weird. All right, but uh, yeah. Anyway, so anyways, poor Nakashima. Yeah, that fucking sucks. Um, so originally Toho was thinking about making a sequel to this movie about giant insects, maybe about making the giant dragonfly guys, yeah. but that didn't go far along because America was making all these giant insects movies. Oh, them, like the, yeah, them. tarantula. Maybe we should cover those at some point. That'd be kind of fun. It's them. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Get show uh, these foreign films what it's like in Hollywood, baby. Yeah, I guarantee that these are better than them. But yeah, and then uh, I guess really that George Sakai was the first Japanese American actor to do voiceovers for Toho's movies. Cool. That's what he was doing there. So <laughs> this is a funny little thing. So the original Japanese films like. The monster attacks with the volcano and stuff was supposed to be set around uh, Fukau, Fu, Fukaoka, the largest city on Japan's southernmost island of Kyushu. However, the American version relocated the action and the dubbing to another scene in Kyushu. Sasebo, perhaps concerned that called Sasebo, they were perhaps concerned that the dubbing actors would. Sorely mispronounced the word Fukuoka at inappropriate moments. <laughs> so they would, basically, they didn't want them to actually say fuck. Yeah. Fukuoka. Fuck Oko. God. 
So that happened. All right. Do we have anything else to cover? What's our next episode? After this. Let's make sure there's nothing else that's kind of fun. Okay. Yeah, so that's about it for that. But poor Nakajima. Oh, my goodness. Looking 25 feet in a 150-pound suit. <laughs> oh, poor Nakajima. Yeah, oh, my God. All right, so Great work, though, in this movie. What's our next episode? Howdy, folks. This is Brandon from the future just saying that uh, originally this was next episode was going to be the Attack on Titan episode, but following uh, where the episodes are plot-wise, um, we've decided that, or I've decided because I've read the manga stuff, that we're going to instead wait a week on that and we're going to review the first six episodes as that's going to most likely be a nice uh, end point for the season. Or for uh, for our episode instead, and uh, yeah, so that'll come next. That'll come in two weeks. So for next week, it's gonna be we're reviewing Varan, nineteen fifty eight, and that is a time. So check that out next week. Catch you then.